introduced what we um, are calling the next initiative. And this was a result of a weekend of consultation with, uh, with a friend of ours who's an expert in leadership, in, in church leadership in particular, and a weekend of, uh, with him uh, in uh, November of 2014, and then a couple of uh, months of processing this with our elders and ministry team leaders, and we formulated um, our version of a strategic plan that we called the Next Initiative. And so we set some uh, seven specific areas of focus in the life of our church that needed to be improved upon, and we need to be really intentional about addressing those. And then we set some target dates. And we knew that would be flexible, that would be kind of fluid. And so we approached that with a little bit of flexibility. So the first thing we identified that we needed to um, address uh, was what we just called involvement. And by that we meant driving up the percentage of people who sit here on a Sunday morning, who occupy a seat, who are serving actively somewhere in the ministry of the church. And I get it that not everybody in the room is going to be able to fill a slot in a kids' ministry on a cleaning team or a tech team or a musician or whatever, um, but to drive that percentage up a little higher, um, to get to 100% would be great because uh, here's the deal. Some people are on multiple schedules and some are on none at all. So we wanted to kind of balance that out a little bit. And so we, we just put a couple processes in place to make our communication about that better, uh, to um, make sure that our slots are filled before Sunday morning at 9.30 and we realize that, uh-oh, we got some gaps. So just improving our communication has been a big part of that. And then trying to, uh, every quarter, um, the last month of every quarter, uh, keeping those volunteer opportunities in front of you through Volunteer Central and through some announcements and some communication like that. So we feel like we're... We're in a lot better place. We made some improvements there. Uh, we're still we're always working on that because what worked this year probably will totally fail this year. So we're just constantly tweaking and adjusting that. Let me just say that. We, something about that. We just launched into the spring quarter today, and uh, April, May, June, can, that's our ministry quarter. And uh, we've got our, our schedules all printed and slots are all filled. But it doesn't mean you have to wait three months to get involved somewhere in a ministry team. Uh, we have teams that serve kids, and uh, they serve on a monthly rotation for the most part. Um, we have cl- the cleaning team that gets the building ready on Saturdays. We have musicians. We have technicians. We have uh, the parking team and host team, and um, anything else you want to come up with, we can probably come up with a team for you to serve. So um, even though it looks like we've got all the slots filled on a Sunday, that don't, please never interpret that to mean that there's no place for you to serve. Um, we would love to have you involved in exercising your gifts and pursuing your God-given passion in the context of ministry at Faith Community. So the next thing after we felt like we'd made some uh, steps forward in that area was an area we identified, it. we just called it assimilation. How easy is it to come to a church and to come on Sundays and to do that pretty regularly for a long time and, still, and it's your church, but still not feel like you have significant connections with people. Is that not one of the easiest things to do? Because you can function in anonymity regardless of how big or how small a church is. I have no desire to do church life that way, and I, don't, I think most of you have no desire to do church life that way. So we wanted to truly assimilate uh, with one another, to really get into one another's lives and do life together. Um, and that just causes some of us to just back off a little bit. I'm like, well, I don't want to go that far. Um, I wouldn't mind talking about more than the Red Sox and the weather, but don't get too personal with me. So um, 
we, we felt like what we needed to do was give you opportunities to connect with people on a deeper level than we do on Sundays. And, and don't get me wrong, we love Sundays. Sunday, every, I mean, just ask me a date for the next three months or a Sunday. It's the third Sunday of May, and I can tell you it's, it's, it's May 15th. It's because my life revolves around Sundays, and I love Sundays. Um, but it, it's not the whole life of the church. It's like we used to talk about the church being a two-winged eagle. And with one, if the large group setting is one wing and that's all you have, that eagle is going to basically fly in a spiral. It's going to be a downward spiral, and then it's done without the other wing, which is small group environment and doing life with one another. So for a long time at Faith Community, we had our version of what small groups looked like. And then uh, that uh, period of effectiveness kind of passed us by, and we kept doing it, and in, even in, while it was ineffective. And then it just kind of, we pulled the plug on some things. So it took us a long while to figure out, what do we do next? And we decided that for us in 2016, what was next in this category of involvement in the next initiative, or sorry, as assimilation, was to create environments, short-term environments, for you to make a short-term commitment and sit around tables, sit in small groups, and have an opportunity. It's on you, kind of. We've created the environment, so it's an opportunity for you now to make some connections. So here's what we did. We, uh, we created a couple short-term uh, environments, and we created a couple ongoing environments. And then we added one more. So I want to tell the story of those environments, and, what God's, and I'm going to let you tell the story of what God's been doing uh, in those different environments. First of all, I want to talk about Financial Peace University. And I left my notes over there. Are we talking about Financial Peace University first? Thank you. I just have to remember one thing at a time here now, from now on out. So um, what's next? Financial Peace University, uh, we've hosted this, I can't remember, it's been three or four times now. We think it's four uh, in the last ten years here at Faith Community. And uh, it's presented by Dave Ramsey, who's a financial expert and a best-selling author and a radio show host and a TV talk show. He's just done it all. And uh, his, his material is just really connected with, with us and with our households in our church. So that's a nine-week, every Thursday night, nine-week commitment to come be a part of Financial Peace University. And we, um, I didn't bring numbers with me because it wasn't, it's a gauge of something, but I didn't, it wasn't important enough to me to count. So uh, we had a nice number of people, I'm going to say 20-ish people or, yeah, involved in that or something like that. And um, we did that for nine weeks from January to March. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to play for you the promo video by Dave Ramsey and then a video of a few minutes of some people from our church family talking about their experiences at Financial Peace University. All right, watch this. Financial Peace University began about 20 years ago, and now today we've had over one and a half million families go through this course. This is the place where we start happening to our money, where we start aiming our dollars at our goals. You gotta make your money behave. You work too hard to get to the end of your life and be broke. There's a massive group of people out there trying to sell you stuff they want to interrupt your plan. Don't cash out your 401k. I know your 401k looks like a 201k. Remain calm. The only people that get hurt on a roller coaster are those that jump off. God's all in this thing. He's all about fixing you. He's all about fixing me. There's a redemption story built into this whole thing. And every time I give, every time I understand I'm not an owner, I move along that spectrum from selfish to selfless. Now, this is a boot camp. I'm your coach. I've had some good coaches, and they lit me up a time or two, but it caused me to go places I couldn't go otherwise. 
You change your life when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Or you say, I've had it. This is how you get out of debt. You gotta run for your life. You gotta run, 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 run. You gotta bust it. You gotta go like your life depends on it. What would happen to the kingdom of God if the people of God were out of debt? How much of this world could we as believers change So a typical evening at Financial Peace University, you show up, um, you have a chance to talk with the people that are there, get to know each other a little bit, um, talk about how things went that week, and just kind of check in. Uh, Tim and Kim were very uh, lenient in knowing that this was all brand new to most people, So, um, but they were just there to reinforce and to support us. And then we watch a video, which is usually typically about 30 minutes, and then we... Um, discuss the video. We break into small groups and we go through the workbook. You answer the questions, you give examples of things, you talk through the through the materials. So that, that opportunity to just talk with each other, bounce ideas off each other, uh, is a great part of that. I, I like the quiet time where one minute you spent, what did you take away from this? And I would, I'm waiting to go back and read what I wrote because you know, from the first week to the ninth week, I know things have changed. When I heard about this class being offered, I had already purchased the book looking for financial help because I'm deeply in debt. And I I've had already studied finances before. It's just life's issues, you know, lead you down a certain way. And my decisions got me in a hole. And when this class was offered, it was reinforcement. I was on the right path. And I figured this was more help that I could use. And so I was truly grateful to not just have myself trying to read a book and do something, but have the pro who created this whole uh, course teach me. My wife and I attended Financial Peace University oh, probably six or seven years ago. Um, and we liked the things that we learned and we liked the, the things that were being taught. We were never able to do much to put it into practice. Just life sometimes kind of happens and you just kind of have to go with it. So when it came available this time around, we wanted to go again because we, we wanted to recommit to the, the um, things being taught. So going this second time, it was really good because it gave us a different perspective on it, having gone through it the first time and knowing what was coming, but also having that chance to go through it again and to, and to just be reminded about it. Um, and this time, just having that chance to recommit to the uh, teachings there. What made it worth it to me was not so much anything that was taught, because it is a lot of common sense. What they were doing was giving support, saying you could do it, rah, rah. What I got from it was hope. And that, um, yes, I, I don't have to live with debt until the day I die. Uh, so I that just lifted a burden off my shoulders. So the main takeaway for me this time, I, I think, was just getting the idea of, uh, they, they, they call it uh, naming every dollar or telling every dollar where to go. Because before, uh, we did the budget, we went through, we went through and looked at all the steps and what we needed to do. Um, but we never really got that part of, hey, this is what we're going to tell our money to do. We're going to tell it to go here, here, and here so that every dollar is assigned to something. And that, I think, was a big takeaway for us this time. As we sit down and do our monthly budgets now, we sit and we say, okay, you're going to go here, you're going to go here, you're going to go here. So our money is working for us instead of all of a sudden coming up a week later and saying, what happened to it all? The hope came from the content that I was hearing from uh, Dave Ramsey bringing God and his word into everything that he was teaching and his practical experience. 
being through this a million times over with so many people. And one of the biggest questions I had had was at almost 65, being in his debt, as much debt as I am, was there any hope? And yes, he gave me hope. So while Financial Peace University can be done on your own, you can get the workbook, you can watch the videos online, um, you can work through it by yourself. There's a lot of benefit for the small groups because you have that chance to get to know each other, to talk with each other, to see each other's uh, experiences, to know that, hey, they're going through the same things that we are. They're struggling with some of the thing, same things too. They're saying, how am I going to get through what I have here in front of me? How am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to do? We all want to get to the same place. We all want to get debt free. So helping each other out with that was a great part of being there in the small group. Next time financial peace is offered, whether you have the money or not, because I didn't, an angel stepped forward, I don't know who they are, were, uh, sign up. God will provide. And um, it is it is just so good to have support of other people knowing you're not alone, that there are lessons, there are some things maybe you are not doing right. And, and, and to discipline, this was a class about discipline. And I'd already, you know, I was spending no money. That was my discipline, but that's not always the right way to do it either, because you do have to plan ahead, and budgeting was his biggest lesson in all of this. And to continue, not say, oh, I've fixed it for this month. No, this is a lifetime commitment. And that is, please, everybody should take it. And maybe not just once in your life, because I had studied or I take, took the course with another financial person many years ago, and it had no problems and it all made sense. But as we go through different parts of our life, we either need to be reminded or retaught or just resupported. So if you're thinking, boy, you know, that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. That sounds like it'd be good, but I'm just not sure. I don't know if I want to go through this. I don't know if I have the money. I don't know this. I don't know that. Just do it. Um, just the, the things that you learn there, the, the teachings that Dave Ramsey has, the way that he teaches you to use your, your money, to, to use it appropriately, to, to get yourself out of the hole you've dug for yourself, as we all do, uh, is, is just, it's a great opportunity. And just a chance to encourage each other uh, in the group is great, too. Um, we, we had a, a group of people that were from, from pe uh, people that were grandparents all the way down to a couple that has just been, you know, it's just engaged, isn't even married yet. And for a chance to encourage that couple, for example, hey, start off your life with this. You're going to see yourself 20 years from now in a great place. Uh, that's just a great part of being there as a group. So I want to say uh, thank you to those of you who uh, took the risk and, and got involved in this program this time around and uh, saw it through to completion. For those of you who are willing to share your stories, thank you. And to Tim and Kim Formby for casting the vision for this and taking the lead for that. Thank you, and we, we really appreciate it. Even before we launched the next initiative, uh, we launched an environment and we ended up calling it Kindred Spirits. Uh, a group for ladies to get together and to really, uh, it, it's about coffee, conversation, and connection, with the emphasis on connection. Um, but without the right environment and the right um, approach, the connection, it doesn't happen automatically. And uh, so for the ladies who've been a part of Kindred Spirits at some point, um, maybe from the very beginning or just recently, um, I know this has played a, a real significant role. Uh, Part in your spiritual development, in your relational health, and um, and your connections with one another here in the church, and in some cases even outside the church. So I was able to sit down with one of the ladies and talk about uh, the impact of kindred spirits. Watch this.
A typical morning at Kindred Spirits is um, a time where we, as women in the church, come together. Um, we have four tables with topics set out. Um, the topics alternate every week, and it just it gives us an opportunity to pick and choose areas where we feel like we need to talk, grow, or sometimes even offer something to someone else. Uh, people in this group are so dynamic. It ranges in ages um, from 20s to 70s, 80s. It's, it's amazing how we can all learn from each other because we all come with all this varied background. And uh, we just sit together, we discuss the topic, we, we um, share, we cry, we laugh, um, and we just learn from other women who are walking the walk we're walking. When I first started at Kindred Spirits, I really wasn't sure what to expect. It was an invitation from a woman in the church who really felt like I needed women in my life um, to support me as, as I, I move through my life, as I, as I work through my family issues, my uh, work struggles, my life struggles every day. Um, and I wasn't really sure what to expect, um, so I came. Um, and the conversation was so engaging. I shared more than I ever thought I would. Um, and it, I'm excited every two weeks. I was really sad when we took a break because I was missing that piece. I was missing that piece where people were speaking the word to me as another woman who might be going through the same thing I'm going through. My one takeaway from Kindred Spirits is, uh, is God's grace. Um, being spoken through other women in the group, um, knowing that there is no judgment on his part, on their part, um, them speaking that grace into my life, even when I feel like it isn't there, it isn't deserved, it isn't um, earned, uh, but it doesn't have to be. And that's what they've taught me, is that grace is just there. All I need to do is reach out and grab it um, and learn and grow through it and share with others and see if you can speak a little grace into someone else's life. But I've found so much peace with this group. Um, I've been able to come to terms with some, some things in my life um, because these women have helped me through. Um, it doesn't have to be a, a hard thing. It, it could be a joyous thing. Um, I, I've just learned so much from them and I feel my own spiritual growth because of the experiences I've had at Kindred Spirits. If I had one thing to say to someone who's on the fence or thinking about coming to Kindred Spirits has heard us talking about Kindred Spirits is just come check it out. Um, there's no lifelong commitment. Uh, you come and you get out of it what you want out of it. Um, you come in and you, you share, you um, laugh, you cry, you, you, um, you just experience what these women have to share with us. and. Uh, just all I can say is come try it out and if you like it keep coming and if you don't there isn't there's never any judgment um, that's as simple as I can say it is just come and try it all of the outtakes will be available on YouTube <laughs> This afternoon, no. um, those are in closely guarded vault. Thanks, Carrie, for sharing that story. And there's another lady we're going to talk with a little later and kind of add into that video. Um, so I want to say thanks to the ladies who make that happen. For those of you who've come, come around and, and you, you set up the room and you 
talk about this all the time, and some of us are tired of hearing about it, but I, your passion is contagious, so thank you, and for Mom, for uh, just casting the vision for that and acting on it. Thank you for your leadership there. This winter, we launched a new men's ministry called Men's Frat, and uh, we meet a couple times a month, and um, we found some great teaching resources, some of the best stuff I've ever seen. I've been around men's ministry for a long time, like before I was a man, and uh, <laughs> I don't know when that happened, actually, but... Uh, <laughs> This is some just incredible stuff. It's meeting us where we are doing life, and uh, the format has just uh, just been right where it's been a sweet spot for a lot of us. We've had thirty uh, some different guys come be a part of that, and uh, so again, guys, if you're if you're thinking about uh, checking that out, uh, listen to what these guys have to say, and then talk with them a little bit. Um, so listen to these stories from Men's Frat. Typical evening at Men's Frat involves the men getting together, talking for a little while to evolve their conversations with one another. And we uh, we watch a watch a little video. Uh, we discuss certain things we've learned on that video uh, through a book. Um, they walk us through. They highlight. We make notes. We make um, observations. And uh, later on, for about 45 minutes, we make a discussion. Uh, with one another, about five men, hopefully, or more. And uh, sometimes the discussion goes on for about an hour, hour and 15. Uh, it's really where you get a good chance to spend time with the other men and learn about the different ages, the things they've gone through, the things you haven't gone through, and things you are going through. We get into our groups and have a discussion with uh, about eight guys, and uh, uh, we get together and uh, we go over the different questions and... Uh, you know, it's really good to hear from the different guys and their perspectives and, and, and on how uh, it's either encouraged them or, or what they took out of the video. And uh, it's just been a real positive experience. I attended Men's Frat for one reason. I wanted to learn about what was I was heading into, what I had been through, and what I'm going through. Other people who can relate, anything I can get from it. Just things to help me learn. I, I wanted to really... Um, relate with the guys more than just the typical Sunday where you come in and say, hey, how are you doing? Did you have a good week? Um, you know, uh, that type of thing is, you know, on the surface that that's fine, but uh, I don't think we really um, get into uh, getting to know one another on a better level. Um, as brothers in Christ, you know, Jesus talked about John 13, 35, you know, when he was talking to his disciples and and they asked him how old you know that you are my disciples. And he said, "But the love you have one for another." So it goes on a much deeper, deeper level than just, "Hey, how you doing?" One day a week, you know, it's uh, it's more of a brotherhood. I guess what I hoped to take out of it was that I'd be able to uh, see the different stages a little more clearly and hear from the other guys that have been before me that are uh, older, that have been through different phases, different seasons in life and that they could actually share their experiences, which would be helpful to me, as well as us sharing our experiences with the other guys, too. I think out of the uh, whole thing of Men's Frat, I've really learned a lot about uh, and learned and to love and understand more about the four phases of manhood, the king phase, the warrior phase, the lover, the friend, uh, the, you know, I, how I can relate with the king but not with the warrior, how I can relate to the lover but have trouble with the friend, 
or somewhere in the mix. It's really good to define what kind of man you are, to know where you're going. You know, and not just me, but a lot of people I know, I, the different um, stages or the seasons of life that we go through, um, you know, we get so fixated on maybe the current stage that we're in that we don't look ahead to the next stage or we don't um, see a brother who's going through something and he's in a different stage of life or um, it just helps you to think it's humbling at the same time it's very encouraging to know that you know, the mistakes you make in this life in a certain stage of life that you're in a certain season that you're in um, that's not the end you know there's forgiveness but a couple of the uh, speakers on the videos alluded to the fact that they'd been through alcoholism, they'd been through drugs, they'd been through losing family, uh, and they're having the best uh, years of their lives now. So they're affected for Christ now, even though they've been through about everything you could possibly be, have gone through. The small group time has really been great. You spend a lot of time with these guys who have been older than you and have been through the things that you've gone through. Maybe they're older and they haven't, and they don't know what it is, but they may have some sort of knowledge that you don't. We don't know everything, and the best you can get from them might help you. It's really a good amount of time with people to learn to help yourself advance as a human being and a man. The, the best part, I think, of going into the small group setting was we now can open up, we can feel comfortable with one another, we can start sharing stories of, hey, you know, I've been through this, this is what happened to me, this is what I learned going through this. Um, you know, it's just been a wealth of knowledge that people have shared their experiences and, you know, they, once they're comfortable, at first it might have been, you know, hey, I, I don't know these guys that well, I don't know if I'm going to share all of my... But after a while, you know, you just... You get to know one another better and you just feel more comfortable with one another and uh, it's just been a great experience. It's really important to have many different generations of people at the table. You have people who are younger than me, people who are older than me, and people in my age category. From the people who are older than me, I'm learning things from them about the stuff they've gone through, the things they've learned, and stuff that I had no clue about. And then the people that are my age, we're going through similar stuff, so we can relate with that builds a great friendship. Then you have people younger than me. And those people haven't gone through those things that I've gone through yet. Not saying I did everything right, but I have some sort of answer for them. There's a whole lot of things that I've learned through this that I may have thought I knew. I may have just assumed that, you know, I'm not gonna get anything out of this, or I may have assumed that, you know, I was, you know, totally uh, blown away that, um, it can make a really, a real difference in the fact that, um, you know, there are things that, I don't know how to put it into words exactly, but there are things that you don't often think of that come up in the videos or the discussions that you say, hey, I never really gave this much thought, but yeah, you know, that's right, and um, yeah, if you do this or you make the wrong decisions or, you know, this is what's going to happen to your family, this is what's going to happen. You know, if you neglect your family, if you're too tied into your job, or you're too, there's just a lot of a lot of things. There's a lot of knowledge and, and a lot of encouragement you can get from one another that you just you're not going to get on your own. If you've never been to Men's Frat, you don't know the, all the answers in life. You're not going to know them, and you don't need people to help you with it. If you don't go to this, you might not get it. 
this is your biggest opportunity to get that. And you know, the saying that no man's an island unto himself, and you know, you can be so independent or you can think, hey, you know, I'm self-sufficient, I can do, you know, and the truth of the matter is that we all need one another going through this life, the different stages we're going through. We need, we need brothers in Christ to lift us up, encourage us when we're down. We need um, brothers in Christ to um, help us along, even in the accountability part of it, or, uh, you know, that we talked about. Um, you know, so I would say to anybody that thinks that, you know, I don't need to come, I, you know, I'd say it's far, that's farthest from the truth. I think it's um, very beneficial if you come. There's a lot of things you'll pick up and you'll be glad you did. Anything else you want to add? Go Red Sox. So thanks uh, to David and, and Harry for being willing to sit down and talk about your experience. Thank you, guys. And uh, I want to say thank you to the guys who, who uh, facilitate the breakout groups. Uh, we call them teams. Uh, so to, to Bob Phillips and, and Jeff Grantham and David Clark, thank you guys for providing leadership there in our discussions. And uh, I think we're all a little bit blown away by how quickly uh, we've become so um, just comfortable with each other and really leaning into each other. And I appreciate your leadership with that. And to Stan Ritchie for your uh, vision and for your willingness to take the lead and run with this thing. Uh, thank you so much. And our church is being uh, impacted by that. So thank you. Last, late last fall, um, I, I don't know where, I, I, I'm not going to say it was a vision, because I don't think I've ever had one of those, but I just felt this, I was impressed to uh, talk to a handful of people that I know in this community and other churches to explore the idea of creating some kind of uh, environment where our teenagers could just get together to worship. And not be a flashy thing, no you know, guest speakers and no laser tag and pizza, just let's just get together and worship. And um, had a couple people that I, in my mind I needed to get on board for me to even be willing to do it. And, um, and in a couple short conversations, we had a team of five guys from different churches. And, and it just happened to be guys because that's who I hang out with. And so uh, we need to balance this team out for sure and get some women involved because we could really use that <laughs> balance. But uh, So if you have an interest in being involved in this environment we're going to talk about now, I would love to hear it. Um, so uh, anyway... So in order for me to do the winning, we got the, I kind of got this go-ahead, like, yes, these are the people that are committed to it, let's make it happen, and I gave up a position I held in our community on a board, because I felt like I'm taking on some responsibility, i got to give something up, and I, I made that decision so I could give this a, it's a, the attention it deserved, and i um, really, really thrilled with what's happening with this environment we're calling Greater, which is a worship environment for teens in 8th to 12th grade. We've met three times now, and uh, we've, we launched it here. In February, we were at Assembly of God. Last Sunday night, on Easter Sunday night, we were at United Baptist Church. And next, uh, the next one, uh, last Sunday of April, we're at Family Bible Church. And so we're really excited about the partnership of these churches and this team that is uh, really uh, just so passionate about this. And uh, so I had an opportunity to sit down and... Uh, talk with Garth about his involvement in this, and he's been a part of leading worship in each of these, these nights. So uh, this is what Garth had to say about Greater. A typical evening at Greater is, uh, it, well, to start off, it's an intentional gathering of, of teens from the community from multiple churches. 
Um, it typically starts with uh, some worship music um, to get just kind of get the mood the mood set. Um, we go into some uh, very short uh, teaching, and um, we do uh, one of my favorite things, probably time alone with God, where you can just go off and sit down and. You, we, we hand out a piece of paper with some questions that might have been part of the uh, teaching and uh, you can either think about those to yourself, you can just talk to God yourself, you can just sit there and contemplate some, some things as there's no, no rules, that's what's kind of cool about it. Um, after that, um, we do a little bit more music because we love music. Um, and then we, uh, we do a prayer group where you get into groups of like three or four and just pray with each other for whatever you might need, for whatever they might need, um, or just some prayer in general. And then we do some more music uh, to close out, to close, to close it out. Uh, just some awesome worship music. Uh, that's a kind of a typical evening at, at Greater. My motivation for getting involved with Greater, um, well, to be honest, to, at, at the beginning was just to help lead worship. I mean, that that's kind of my. Kind of like my thing. I, I love leading worship music, and to have an opportunity to do that um, at a place where there are teens involved, just to have, it gives me a different uh, environment to, to lead worship for a different group of people. Um, but once I kind of got in there, the motivation turned a little bit different. I, 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 even though it's for teens, I can kind of take some of the stuff home with me as well. Um, if you just listen to the teaching and listen to the worship music. One thing that out of the last three sessions that we've had that kind of uh, stood out to me was something that happened to me. Yeah, one of the questions was, how, how have you been overwhelmed? And uh, one of the things that kind of, well, first of all, I don't ever say anything in front of any, anybody, teen, teens or not. I don't like speaking in front of people, as you can tell. Um, but I was overwhelmed by the fact that when I was their age, uh, I was not where they are. I was doing some things that I probably shouldn't have been doing. And it's very cool for me to be able to see teens that are the age that I was not doing the things that I did and having this opportunity to come to a place together and, and worship God. Ways that I've been stretched in, in greater, there, there are so many. Um, to kind of bring it all together, it stretched me um, in, in many ways. It stretched me musically, which has been a great opportunity because I've really only ever played music with the FCF worship band and to be able to play music with some other musicians. And it's been really cool because we just kind of worked. We, we, we barely ever rehearse and we just, we just do it. So to be able to play music with some other um, believers and to have it just work the way that it does, it, I, I leave every, every, every session after greater thinking, how did we do that? You know, it just, it just works. And I, and I know it, it, it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, how else would you be able to just play some music never rehearsing and it just comes together and the, the the teens love it i love it um from the parent of a teen who happens to be in greater um the the, the benefit is getting them together with other believers that maybe they didn't know were that they go to school with that they pass in the halls that they that they go to a different church but didn't know that they were believers together and it can bring them together and then doing that for the future of this community um, bringing uh, three, four, five churches together could just have an amazing impact on our on our community, in, in now and in the future. I would say that you should, as a team, you should consider being involved in something like Greater because it gives you an opportunity now 
to make some good choices, um, to get together with some other teens that also make good choices that um, will keep you, um, keep your mind focused and keep you motivated to go in the right direction with, with God, with your life, with, um, I don't know, just, just keeping, your, keeping your mind straight and, and doing the, the right things. I think this is a, a good uh, setting, a good environment to uh, keep you in that direction. Do whatever it takes to, to, to get your kids uh, to one or all of them. Uh, just to, yeah, whether it's an inconvenience, do whatever you can. Someone else is going. Um, see if they can get a ride or whatever you can do to get them there. I think it will greatly benefit the, the lives of your, of your teens now and in, in the future. It would be awesome to, to get more churches involved, to get more teens together. Because for me personally, and this is very personal, that when we're leading worship at greater and to be able to hear the teens singing louder than we are singing that worship music it, it's really something special i mean it's 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 awesome it really puts a smile on your face and sometimes it's so you just want to stop singing and play guitar and let them let them do it it's just a i don't know that's that's an i guess that's just another thing that makes me want to keep coming Yeah, thanks, Garth. I really appreciate you sharing that. And uh, I know I could have picked a, a number of people to share that story. So thank you for speaking on behalf of the people who have been involved so far. Um, yeah, so we're meeting again for Greater on the last Sunday of April. And we're going to be at Family Bible Church. It's at 6 o'clock on that Sunday night. And so if you're grades 8 through 12, I hope you just mark that date in your calendar. And make sure you're there to join us for that evening. Um, what's been really cool about that is every environment church environment we're in, we make sure that the speaker has no affiliation with that church. So it's been, it's been kind, of, kind of neat to, for some of us who are so comfortable in our own space to be speaking in other uh, church environments and to a group of teenagers, we don't know them all, and, um, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. So we're looking forward to what happens in the next uh, version of that, maybe when we relaunch in the fall. Um, so the last environment I want to hear from is the starting point environment. And we offered starting point on Sunday nights for eight consecutive, well, I guess eight-ish Sundays, or wasn't consecutive because there was a football game one night that we had to <laughs> block off because we had a, some commercials we needed to see. So um, we were, initially we were hoping it was a team we wanted to see, and then we just accepted that it was mostly commercials we were going to watch. But either way, we... Uh, Again, this is just a huge commitment uh, to, to say, yes, every Sunday night for eight weeks, I'm going to come be a part of this. And um, Starting Point uh, is, uh, it's actually a, a resource that comes out of North Point Church in Atlanta, where Andy Stanley is a pastor. And they've just been such a gift to the local church around the world in these last few years. The resources they're providing and the teaching that they're offering have just been really fed tens of thousands of churches, and our churches. No exception to that, that's for sure. So starting point is, it really is, I call it a conversation about the story of God, and it really is that, and it builds on one theme to another throughout the eight weeks. And, um, well, I'm going to let the people on the video tell the story. Watch this. A typical evening at starting point would consist of coming into the room, um, sitting down into groups at tables, 
we would start with a little clip from a video um, for about 15 minutes. And then uh, at the end we'd break out into the, the small groups and, and follow the book and have uh, good discussions outlined well with the questions uh, so that we could, could follow along and, and have those discussions. Um, with the online access, it was really good for us because we were able to have those discussions already during the week. So when we came in for the breakout sessions, we already kind of had things hashed out between ourselves. And then we're able to build on that. And I feel like God was really able to use that as a building and for our growth throughout that. I was in hopes to learn more about Jesus and the Bible and followers. Going in for me, um, as, a, as a couple, there's things, you know, we have the, the, the men's group that I would be in and, and Renee does the, the kindred spirits and the, the, the ladies groups and uh, it was nice to have something um, for us to do together as a couple that we could um, discuss at home and, and um, you know, build on that and build that relationship. For me, I really wanted to just get a, a closer picture of a relationship with Jesus, um, a starting point for that, and also a starting point for just relationships with other people in church because we've been here for a few years and up until that point we really hadn't made those connections. So it was really a starting point for a lot of things for me. Starting point for me, it opened my eyes further. Um, I think a lot of times in my church, my previous church experiences, I was there, but I wasn't really listening. And so starting point opened my eyes to what I really needed to hear and know and understand. Well, the, the importance of the, the small groups uh, for me was, um, well, there were people that we didn't necessarily know uh, real well going into it. And, um, you know, we, we built those relationships with, that, with them, but then also getting to hear other people's views or takes on uh, on the teaching, uh, on their their life story, uh, and what they can can bring to it, and um, you know, see that while we're all different, we're all alike in a lot of ways too, and in, in where we are and what maybe we we believe uh, we are in our our walk with with Christ, and um, you know, it's nice to see that we're not alone in that. And. Um when I was starting out wanting those relationships with other people in church, it was helpful to have a small group of the same people that we were then able to build that relationship on through each week that we really got to talk about some important things that you don't normally surface talk with on Sunday morning. It was amazing to hear other people's stories um, because I thought for so many years I was alone and maybe I didn't um, have the knowledge to sit down and read the Bible or ask questions because I was embarrassed. And by sitting in small groups, you actually got to learn that other people had the same fears or had the same concerns um, or questions. And it was really nice to, to discuss those with the people in the groups. For me, a significant um, takeaway was when we, we we're in church and we're, we're talking at the sermons about our um, you know relationship with Jesus. And and building that relationship with Jesus, sometimes it's like, well, how how do you do that? You know, it's it's one of those things that's kind of a, a talking point at times, but it's it's un, less clear on how you go about building that relationship. And I feel 
you know, through the teachings of, of the, you know, starting point and in those, those group discussions and the group questions, it helped me, uh, you know, understand where, where you start with that and where, um, you know, that it's okay where I'm at and to see how I'm going to grow that in the future. It was saying that when we become saved, that Christ comes in the Holy Spirit and lives within us. And that after that point, actually, I think it was from the free sessions that were the extras, um, that sin is no longer your master. That just because we're predestined to tend towards sin, when we become saved, we have that ability to allow the Holy Spirit to change us and to win over Satan. And so that was a huge thing for me that then made everything else in my faith like have more validity. It was one section when we talked about our church experiences um, and what we thought of when we, when we were asked, um, when we heard the word church, what did we think of? What, what, what did it mean to us? And in my previous years, I always thought of hypocrites. You know, I would see people would preach to you about, you know, what's right and what's wrong, what to do and what not to do. And then I would see them going back to their everyday life and doing what they just preached not to do. So I think I had, we had a section in the, in the book where we talked about that and came forth. I was a little nervous to mention it at first, you know, in, in, a, in a room full of Christians and new, new Christians. But once I mentioned that, a lot of other people opened up and admitted to feeling that way too at once. Um, there were a lot of tears, um, a lot of laughter, because we were sharing our own stories. And, um, and as I said before, I think knowing that there were other people feeling the same way at certain times in their lives made a huge difference. And I think that if, if I hadn't had the small groups, then we just had the movie, it wouldn't have meant as much because you wouldn't have that connection with other people within your group. Yeah, I felt very much at peace when I would come to these classes. Um, and it wouldn't end there. I would, it wouldn't end the minute the doors closed. I would take it home with me for the rest of the week and I would look up Bible verses. Um, I would talk to my family, my friends, and other people in the church who were in the class as well. And it just stayed with me all week. Anybody who's you know, thinking about doing this or, or, or you know, have questions on whether it would be for them, um, you know, I think for, for anybody, it's, it's called starting point, but it's, it's really not for a non-believer or somebody who's, um, you know, even just starting. You know, it's, it's really for those who, who do believe in Christ, have believed in Christ for a while, but, but can be strengthened by these, these teachings and have a better understanding of, of what that is and to not, not be, um, you know, caught up and confused in the, the, the whole other stuff outside of believing in who Christ is. And I'd also, you know, really say that, that the, the teaching style of, of Andy Stanley is real, amazing. is amazing. You know, it's um, the way he approaches things and, um, you know, keeps it simple but, but relevant that it's for anybody, you know, and I think anybody, wherever they are in their walk with Christ, can, can, can learn from it. Uh, I would say it's awesome, <laughs> and don't be afraid because you're not alone. Take the first step. It's, it's your starting point, and it will lead you on an amazing journey with developing a closer relationship with Jesus.
So thank you, uh, Christy, and um, who was really eager to do that. <laughs> thank you, wherever you happen to be high there. Thank you. And, uh, and Scott and Renee, thanks for sharing your story. And I know there are lots of stories that came out of this round of Starting Point. We're already talking about how do we do this next time and, and what's the right time to do that, what's the right format going to be, because um, we're going to offer it again. So if you had just that piqued your interest a little bit or whetted your appetite, just keep that in mind. There's going to be opportunities to do this. And uh, for some of you will want to do it again, because kind of as we, like Scott was saying, kind of regardless of where you find yourself in this journey, there's something to be learned through this experience, through the content, and through the conversation. So to, to uh, Dad and Craig, thank you for sharing your vision for this and for leading a starting point these last few weeks. Uh, we can see that lives are being impacted by that. Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you. I have a couple of things I just want to mention while the band comes to the stage. Um, so this has been part of our next initiative, part of creating opportunities for you to connect with one another and to really assimilate into the life of the church. So what's next then? Um, stay tuned because we've got a couple or maybe two or three new uh, projects in the works. Maybe as early as next week, we'll be able to announce uh, those. So uh, stay tuned. We're always looking for new ways to uh, create a different environment where different people can connect with a different set of people. Um, so just hang with us there. And, um, and then kind of the next point in the next initiative is we called it outreach. And by that we mean um, a really intentional, um, either whether it's an environment or a project where we can share our faith with unbelievers. And uh, we're kind of struggling with what that really looks like at Faith Community. Uh, we don't want to fall back onto, into old paradigms and old methods. I feel like as a church, you did this last Sunday. You spent weeks introducing people to, uh, or inviting people to come join you for Easter. And whatever approach you took clearly worked. We had 45 guests here last Sunday. So um, you are, and they heard a clear presentation of the gospel and the hope of Easter. And uh, so... Um, we're kind of figuring this out as we go, but you are, you're, you're doing it. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep building those relationships and keep uh, inviting when the envir right environment presents itself. Um, I'd mentioned this morning when we were uh, wrapping up our breakfast um, that uh, we were going to do our kids check-in and, and I wanted the parents, you know, make sure we get checked in there. Because I know sometimes it's really easy to walk by the kids' check-in station. And there's a reason why we do that. And one of the reasons we do it is to make sure that the, the volunteers in the various kids' rooms put a parent's face to a kid's face. Because there have been times when we've had kids in, the, in our rooms and we don't know who their parents are in this room. And um, we don't have the same volunteers every week. They work on a rotating basis. And so it could be that your kid's been a part of that for weeks, but that particular uh, team hasn't met your kid and you, hasn't met you as a parent. And so when we bring the kids back out here in just a couple of minutes or later on in the service or whatever, they, we don't even know where to steer them. And it's really, and if there's any issue where we need to contact you as a parent, we'd like to be able to know what your face looks like. So here's what we're going to do. We really want to emphasize this. And we know that we close that check-in station down by 10. So if you're a little bit late getting in, you miss that. So we want to make a connection between uh, all of our parents and their kids and the, the people who lead these kids' environments. So today, as soon as church is done, we're going to do this. We haven't told all the people this, I don't think, our teams, but we haven't told any of them, but we're telling them now. Okay, so as soon as we dismiss here, 
if Alethea, Gail, Sue, and Kim could meet right by the kids' check-in station, and if you did, your kids are here today but you didn't get to check them in, stop by there just so we can meet you and, and make that connection between you and, and the kids that are in our room. Does that make sense? Otherwise, we might just say, well, there's the door. Go play in the parking lot. We'll find you after church. So uh, we want to be as uh, smart about safety and security and stuff like that as possible, too. And we want our, your kids to be able to find you uh, when they come back and join us. So, uh, so wow. Uh, thank you to those of you who shared stories uh, this week. And uh, that was a, it was a lot of fun and a lot of work and a little nerve-wracking for some of you. I understand that. But the uh, end result was the, the message was clear that God is at work in your lives. And a lot of the lives of individuals in this room is at work in the life of our church and our ministry efforts. And I believe God is doing something in the Christian community in the greater Ellsworth area right now. It's really exciting to be, to be a part of that. Um, I want to, I'd like to do this as we transition into some worship time, okay? Let's stand together. And let's read some scripture together. Let's read from Psalm 145. We're going to read six or seven verses here. Can you read with me? Here we go. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I'll meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, I will proclaim your great deeds. And they celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Let's sing. Mm-hmm. 